Jesus' name. Somebody said, amen. Do you know that's true? That just like a little child, uh, like my daughter, if I'm, uh, this week we were, uh, like last night we took down the Christmas tree. And it's a, and we have a big 10-foot tree. And she was wanting to just help Dad pull down the lights. And, and she actually wrapped them up just like I was wrapping them up. And I was just thinking, man, what if, wouldn't I, what if I should be like that with God? That just to want to be where He is and to do what He's doing and do it just like He does it. Amen? That's for free. Okay, now I'll get to preaching, all right? But man, just, that should be our heart. That should be our heart. If you have your Bibles today, turn with me to Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. This morning, uh, we're going to get into a, the Lord gave me a series to kick off the year with uh, in November of last year. And, uh, and I'm going to hold that until next Sunday and as we get in uh, through the next few weeks. But this morning, since it's the first Sunday of the new year, 2017, I want to really give a personal message about where we are as a church and I feel like where we're going and, and what, who we are and why we do what we do and, and what we're doing. Um, but first, you think about where, where are you going in 2017? What's your goals? Everybody's got a New Year's resolution. I saw a, uh, a billboard on the road the other day coming back from my parents' house and it said uh, a daily devotion is better than a New Year resolution. I think that's, that's, that'd be mine. I just got to get back into prayer, get back into reading. And maybe you want to uh, go on that diet or do that, that weight loss program or get to working out or whatever it is. But, you know, uh, uh, there's a Lewis Carroll, the author of Alice in Wonderland, he wrote this in the book. He said, if you don't know where you are going, any road will get you there. Isn't that true? If you don't know where you're going, you're sure to get there. Nowhere, right? You're not going anywhere. You're going to get nowhere. And if you don't know where you're going, you're going to be lost. You're going to be uh, just directionless. And uh, these are great times that people begin to put goals in their life. But really, this morning, I want you to, to join with me as we talk about the goals for our church and for this community. You know, Jesus uh, came to earth and he knew his purpose. Uh, he followed the Holy Spirit along the way. I, I, I really love the, in Luke chapter 4, verse 43, the disciples asked Jesus, they said, Hey, we've been here a little while, but let's stay a little longer. And Jesus says, No. I must preach to other cities and towns also, for this is why I've came. This is my purpose, that I must go to other places too. And Jesus, filled with the Holy Spirit, guided by the Holy Spirit, came to earth and knew His purpose. And He had a unique strategy. He knew, and the Holy Spirit and He worked this out, because He's God and He's had the Holy Spirit in Him, but He's also man. But He had a strategy. He would stay in Galilee on a circuit tour for three years. He would acquaint, uh, equip and train 12 Galilean Jews, uh, simple men, a diverse group of people. He would begin to do healings and miracles, cast out demons. He would preach on the weekends and the Sabbath and the temples and the synagogues, excuse me. And he would preach to the masses in the midweek. And he had a unique strategy. It was on purpose, guided by the Holy Spirit. And knowing His purpose and having the Spirit within Him, those two things kept Jesus on point. That He had a deadline. At this day, at this hour, I am to be in Jerusalem on the cross. He had an end goal. He had an end game. And He knew where He was going to be. And along the way, He knew His purpose and He was led by the Spirit. And that Spirit guided Him in that strategy. And and I, I think about you and I today, every Christian has the same calling in the Lord. You and I are all called to be a part of God's church and to be a part of His great commission. 
But even though we all have the same calling, we have all the same commission to be God's children and to reach the world. We all have that same thing. That, that's unique for all. That's the same for all of us. But every single person, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4, that there are a diversity of gifts, but the same spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. There are diversities of activities, but it's the same God who works in all. So just as every one of us have the same calling, every Christian, though, has a unique purpose and has a unique gifting to use in the Lord's service. I'm not called to be a truck driver. I'm not called to work at an insurance agency. I'm not called to work at the waterworks. There are unique things that God has gifted you with. I can't play the piano or the bass. And I'm not the greatest, honestly, at teaching kids church. Thank you for those who do. There is a lot of people that can do different types of things. But every single one of us, while we have the same calling, have a diverse group of gifts, diverse calling and ministry, and a diversity of activity God wants you to handle with this, this year. So each Christian is unique in purpose, but one in mission. All of us together. But here's the thing. Just as each, each Christian has the same calling, but unique giftings and purposes, so is each church. Well, I believe there is one church under Jesus Christ. There's one church. But I can't be in Africa today. Let's just, you know, I can't be in Belize today. There is a diversity of churches, too, with a diversity of giftings and a diversity of personalities. And you and I happen to be a part of a local church that God has called Sanctuary Family Worship Center. And He's called us to be a part of this great global mission. But He's given us a unique personality and unique giftings. And today I want to talk about that. Just as you have a same calling with unique giftings and purposes, so our church is unique in LaSalle Parish, Louisiana. So our church is unique in the giftings that God has put here because you're here. Our church is unique in the calling or this community because you're here. And it's not because the, the name of our church or the logo or location or denomination affiliation. It's because you call this church home. And this church is unique because you're here. And our job as a staff and leadership team is to help equip you to be all that God has called you to be and fulfill the unique callings and the unique purposes that God has for you to accomplish and your goal and what He's wants you to do. But let's look at this, this verse this morning. I want to ask you some, I'm going to give you some questions. Really, it's just the why, the what, and the how of Sanctuary Family Worship Center. The why, the what, the how. And, and it's really all about you this morning. What is our why? What do we, why do we do what we do at this church? Why do we do what we do at this church? What is our purpose on God's global mission? I'm privileged to follow uh, a great pastor who's led you guys to a great position. We've been, Beth and I, we're proud to have been here three years and to continue to build upon that legacy. But every generation, every year, we have to look and say, God, what are we doing? Are we on point with your mission? Are we using our gifts for the glory of God? Are we have, fulfilling the purpose that God has for my life? Am, am I a husband or a wife fulfilling what I'm supposed to be doing? Am I a, a coworker or this per, If me, myself, am I this year doing what God has called me to do in my specific location? So why? what is our why? Why do we do what we do? And what is your purpose in God's global mission? Matthew eleven twenty eight. Let's look there today. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Reading from the New American Standard. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you'll find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. 
This verse is the heart and core of our church. I feel like uh, if, if we had an, a unique verse to call our own uh, in this parish, in this central Louisiana, this would be it. This is who I feel God drawing this church to be because that's who you guys are. Uh, if we, there's a thing called a vision statement, and Sanctuary has one. And it's on the screen here today, and it's on our website and everything else. But we should know this as a church. And it's that we exist to build a Holy Spirit hospital for the broken and the poor in spirit. We are a Holy Spirit hospital for the broken and poor in spirit. What does that mean? Why a hospital? A hospital is where sick people go to get well. And there are a lot of spiritually sick people out in the world. And we're going to be that place. God has called you and I to join together to build this place where people who are lost and dying and broken and poor in spirit come into our, our hearts and our homes that we mend them together with the Holy Spirit. And we say, this is how we get to health. This is how we get to spiritual wholeness. This is how we get to vitality. And Jesus is the answer. And the hospitals where sick people go to be made well, where broken people go to be made whole. And not just that, but hospitals are effectively organized that every person, not all are in a timely manner, but, but every person can go into a hospital and get individual care. It's based on the individual. And so many churches come for the masses. You, I mean, I'm not negating large churches. I, I think those are fine. And it's great. I hope we become a large church. Uh, a larger church and just keep growing because there's more lost people to be saved. But every person who comes into a hospital gets individual care, gets met. Every person who comes in the sanctuary should have a personal encounter with Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. Every single person shouldn't just see that these people are experiencing God and these people are engaged and growing in Christ. Uh, you don't just go to the hospital and sit there and watch other people get well. You're there because you're one of those. Or you're there helping others. You want to be, we want to see people, uh, ourselves as a church, be effectively organized. That every person that comes in our doors meets God, meets a person who can walk with them on the road to spiritual recovery. That's why we're a hospital. And why broken people? Scripture tells us that this world is broken due to sin. And, and those who recognize the brokenness of their hearts can come to God and be made whole. Scripture tells us the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, or that repentant heart God doesn't despise. And Jesus even said, blessed are the poor in spirit, the broken ones, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Uh, very rarely do I go to the hospital just for fun. I don't know about you, that's not where I just enjoy hanging out. We go there because we're sick. And then to come to our church, let me just be honest, we're in the business of helping hurting and broken people. Okay? Sanctuary... I have no concern for trying to help someone who thinks they have it all together. They don't know they need Jesus. They don't know they're sick. They don't know they haven't got to that moment where they're drawn into the Holy Spirit. The Bible says no man can come to the Father unless the Spirit draws him. And so our agenda, our, our job here is that we're not interested, our church's identity, we're not interested in ministering to those who think they have it all together. We are not a church for the perfect. Somebody say Amen. Very good. We're not a church for the perfect. We're not a church for the religious. We're not a church for the pious or the holier than thou. They can go somewhere else because we're for the broken. Amen. We're for those who know they don't have it all together, that we are all messed up and we all need Jesus to change the way I think, change the way I talk, change the way I walk, because I need him. Nobody wants to be up in my head. I don't even want to be there sometimes. Amen. I mean, we need Jesus. OK, we at that point. Very good. 
We're called to reach the addict, the abused, the abandoned, the lonely, the depressed, the poor, the needy, and those who have lost their identity. Any person in this community who's ready to be made whole because we're a Holy Spirit hospital. Amen? I want to remember that Jesus ate with tax collectors and prostitutes and sinners of all kinds. I don't care how many bad checks someone's written. I don't care what their reputation is around this community. I don't care what they've done or who they've done it with. They're welcome at our church because we're for the broken. Amen? Are you with me this morning? Let me get a big amen. Very good. I remember that Jesus touched the lepers, the dead, the diseased, and every person who is ceremonially unclean. If you don't fit in in any other church, you fit in here. And just as a hospital is not to make the nurses and the doctors comfortable, sanctuary, we're not called to be a church that's inwardly focused. You don't go to the hospital because it's where the doctors and nurses feel good about themselves, to feel comfortable, and it doesn't. you don't go there because they've got a big doctor's lounge, and you don't go to the hospital because that's where the doctors get the best food and the best breaks. And No, no, no. You go there because that's where people get better. What if our church had the reputation that it's not about sanctuary, it's about where broken people get better? What if our church began to be known more about what we see, trans, life transformation, rather than that's where you go, you hear a good message, you get to feel a good vibe, and you go home. It's not about us. It's about the lost and the dying and the broken and those who are quickly on the road to hell without a rescue from Jesus Christ. That's why we're here. That's why we exist, to see lost and dying people saved. Hospitals don't just help sick people on accident. I love that. They do it on purpose. We don't just say, come to our church and you might find Jesus. Come to sanctuary with me, with me and maybe something will happen. No. We want you to come here because we've got a plan to see you saved, delivered, healed, and filled and sent off into ministry. That's the way it goes. We've got a First Steps New Believers program. We've got a Connect course. We've got an awesome youth and kids program. We've got a, a way to... We've got small groups who are targeting every life stage and interest and meet throughout the week to see you be filled and equipped to be empowered, to be the best filled up Holy Spirit, devil-chasing person you can be. Amen? It's not just come and maybe you'll get it or maybe it'll rub off on you, but hospitals don't just help sick people on accident. So many churches just do church. I just go to that church. It's a great church. I love it there. It's feel good. Those are good things. But what if we're on mission to see a lost and dying, broken world healed and restored in Jesus Christ? That's why, that's why we are here, church. That's why God has called us to be together. That's why this church is still standing. That's why we still have a name. That's why we still meet. Is because we have Christ's purpose and everything we do must be intentional. Every ministry that we have in this church must be about building a Holy Spirit hospital. Every Sunday school class we have must be about building a Holy Spirit hospital. Every fellowship service, every fun night, every family night is all geared towards building a hospital for the broken and the poor in spirit. That's who we are and why we exist. We are broken people who've been touched by God's Spirit, helping other broken people be made whole in Jesus Christ. So how do you, that's the why this morning, but how do you demonstrate that purpose to our community? Because that's just words. That's just things we have on a PowerPoint or a video or a website or on the audio on our podcast. But how do you demonstrate that vision to this community because it's all about you you are the church you are sanctuary family worship center i'm called just to equip it 
You're the church. I'm here on assignment from God to equip you, Sanctuary Family Worship Center, to be the Holy Spirit Hospital God's called you to be. And you are the ones that are going to do this. It's, it's how do you demonstrate this purpose to our community? How do you fit in to the future of this hospital for the broken? How do, how do you see the broken and poor in spirit healed by the Spirit of Christ? And are we just doing church, but in 2017, will you have a purpose in building up broken people by the power of the Holy Spirit? What purpose would you have in 2017 in this local church? And you might get to the next question and say, well, what? What? What role can I even have? And what am I even supposed to do? What does that even look like, Pastor? He's like, I kinda, I'm kind of getting you this morning, but what does that really look like? I'm, not, I'm kind of getting with it. You know, uh, there's a, one author wrote, he said, when we understand our why of ministry, the what becomes easy. When I understand why I'm here, why God's called me, why God's put me in this place in my life, why God's given me these unique gifts and these unique purposes, then I know the what of how to do it. And the what is this. It's called a mission. And our mission in this community this year and the following years as the Lord leads is to build this Holy Spirit hospital. And it's the vision Building that, that mission is to build that vision. It's the building, the construction. In Matthew chapter 4, verse 23, Jesus is on point. He says, uh, uh, the writer Matthew wrote, he said, Jesus was going through Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, healing every kind of disease, every kind of sickness among the people. Like I just said, Jesus had a strategy. He knew what to do, when to do it. And every time he goes to a place, he's, he, you can read back, he says, well, this prophecy has been fulfilled in your hearing. He knew that on that day and that hour, he had to be there to do that. He had to ride that donkey. He had to read Isaiah in the, in the synagogue. He had to perform those, uh, those miracles to blind Bartimaeus. He had to uh, meet that woman on the road. He had to do those things because it was to show you and I today who he was, what he was willing to do for us. And there are people out there in this community that God has called you and I to meet along the road who are looking for a sanctuary, a Holy Spirit hospital, a people. Not a church, not a domination, not a building, not a schedule, not a service time, but are looking for you. A John, a Teresa, a Ron, a, a Larry. That they're going to meet along the way and say, wow, I'm glad I met that person because they've led me to understand who Jesus is by what they've done in my life. And our what, our mission today, and I, this is new this year, and, and our staff, we've talked about it uh, last year. The end of last year, we prayed over it that we are here to do something. And what we're here to do, if we're to be a spirit, a Holy Spirit hospital, this is what we're going to do to get there. And that is to heal hearts. At Sanctuary, our mission is healing hearts, loving people, and living free. How many people want to get some hearts healed, get some love on some people, and how many people want to live free? Somebody say amen. I'm going to be living free. That's why we're here. We're here to live free. I'm not here to be bound by any chains of the enemy or sin or sickness. We're here to see lives transformed. They come into our hospital. They, they get a healing, a touch from God. They experience the love of God from you in the pews, you in the small groups, you in the ministries. They begin to sense the love of God in this place. And they're touched by it. They're transformed by it. They see Jesus Christ in you. And they experience the power of the Holy Spirit to walk out of this place living free. That's what we're doing at this church this year. We are about healing hearts, loving people, and living free. If I, I'm gonna make a t- we're going to get a t-shirt with it on it. Just, just wait. But healing hearts, loving people, and living free. How can you and I have a role in seeing people healed? 
experiencing the love of Jesus and being set free for holy living. There's a diversity of activities. First Corinthians, we just read, says, but there's one mission. And just as a hospital has a process, they have an ambulance, they have an ER, they have admissions, they have checkout. They get this whole process of how to get you in and get you out. Our church should have a process of discipleship. Every new person who attends our church shouldn't just see the pew as an end goal, but as a journey of learning the basic first steps to getting involved in active ministry, to growing in holy living. But every person in our church must understand we're all working together to build the same thing. Our kids department fulfill, works into our youth department. Our youth department works into our adult department. All of these things are working together to see people set free, healed, loved, and living free. It's our mission. Each person in our church who calls sanctuary home, though, must understand I am a part of the mission of God for this community. Do you understand how awesome that is? That God would say, you have a part in my global plan to reach people in this area. I have something for you, he would say. I want something for you to do. I've given you unique words, unique talents, unique abilities, unlocked with, locked within you. If you would just trust me and walk in the Spirit and know your purpose, you're going to have a role, and heaven's going to tell a story, and you're going to say, wow, God, I got to be a part of that. I got to do, just like my daughter, wrapping that Christmas tree up, I got to do what my dad was doing. He let me be with him. I got to see so-and-so. You can remember years ago, so-and-so was in drugs and they were lost. Their marriage was falling apart. But look at them now. We've loved on them. We've spoken into their life. They're involved in ministry. They're delivered. They're set free. Their marriage is restored. Their kids are on the youth choir or whatever. They're living for God. Because you and I have an awesome role to say, heaven, there's a lot of things you can do in this world to make a legacy and a name for yourself. But nothing like making those names up in heaven. Those stories that heaven's going to tell. Our mission today, each one of us, we don't just have a mission You and I are the mission. It's not just something the church programs are going to do. It's you and I making a difference. There's a diversity of activities in one mission, but there's a diversity of gifts in one spirit. Scripture says, just as a hospital works towards a common mission, you've got EMTs, you've got emergency people, you've got IC. I'm not an expert on hospital admin, but you've got ICU staff, admission staff, various types of technicians and nurses and doctors and janitors and more and more and more. So every church needs evangelists and teachers and small group leaders, recovery leaders. Every church needs sound men and worship team members and media volunteers and ushers and greeters and kids leaders and youth leaders and so and so and so to make it all work. We're not here for us. We're here for the lost. That's the church. Romans 8.14 tells us that those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. And if we follow God's leading of the Spirit, we won't just be following religion. We're going to produce the ministry that Christ desires us to have. So I want to do this this morning. And and a goal for 2017 is that we're not asking you to fulfill a hole in our church. We're not asking you to volunteer for a single ministry. I would rather have holes than people just to fill them. We're not asking to ask our church to say, where are the holes? Where do we need more volunteers? We need more kids workers. We need more nurse. No, no, no. What we're doing this morning is asking say, God, where are we called to in Gina, Louisiana? God, where are we called to in LaSalle Parish? Where am I called to in my location, in my community, in my family, my jobs? God, where are the holes out there? 
Because so many people would be burdened down and say, I need more nursery, I need more kids, I need more workers. You know, every church in America needs more help. That's not the question or the solution. God, where can I make a difference with who you've called me to be? And if I'm responsible to God to do what he's called me to do, then I would ask and say, God, where are the gaps in our community? Holy Spirit, where are the disenfranchised? Where are the discriminated? Where are the discouraged? Where are the downcast? Where can me and somebody else join together and stand in the gap and meet a need? Maybe there's ministries yet to be made. What teams that we can build to better the spiritual health of our community? And I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit for my life today, God, how can I help heal hearts? How can I help love people? And how can I help them live free? So that's the why and the what, and here's the how. Along the way, we've got to stay true to this vision of who Christ has called us to be and we want to create this Holy Spirit hospital in this culture. I believe it's going to begin to attract the lost and it's going to create this atmosphere of, of spiritual growth. But along the way this year, we need some checks to make sure that you and I, not just going to church, I'm talking about you and I at home, in our homes, that we could check and say, God, are, are, is me and my family a part of the spiritual hospital? Are me and my family a part of healing hearts, loving people, and living free? Are we, are we sanctuary family worships and are we the people that God has called to reach this community and I'm going to give you three words, and we know them very well at Sanctuary. They're grace, love, and truth. These are our values. Grace, love, and truth. And I love these three words. On my way here, when after I accepted the position to be your pastor, and I was in Missouri, and I, was, I remember the moment I was praying at my desk in my office in the basement of this, on my former church. And those three words came so clearly to mind, and I immediately wrote them down and wrote what I felt God lead me to write. And it's so identified with what Brother Eddie your former pastor had begun to do. And what I felt in hearing more and more about him, what the Holy Spirit had led him and now the Holy Spirit leading us together to continue this vision for what he has for sanctuary to be. And that is grace, love, and truth. Let me give you these three words real quick this morning. Grace, unmerited favor, undeserved favor. That's what you and I have experienced in Jesus Christ. That while we were still sinners... Christ died for us. That's good news. Grace means this, that even though we receive grace through salvation, that when we were dead in our sin, Scripture says God made us alive with Christ. And the Old Testament had all this law, the Bible says in John 1, 17, but we realized grace in Christ, that we're no longer under religious law, Romans 6 says, but we're under grace. And, and we, who are the, we are who we are today because of grace. Somebody say Amen. If I freely receive grace, I must freely give it away. I want to get a bigger picture of God's grace. Even this morning on the way here, I just begin to think, man, how awesome it is that I have gotten to know God because of Jesus Christ. How awesome it is that God's goodwill towards us was to say, this is who I am. This is what I'm like. This is what I want to say to you. This is who I want to be in your life. So he sent Jesus so we get to know him. That is an amazing thing. That God became flesh and dwelt among us. And now we have behold Him, John says. And so that's grace. That grace sought you out. Grace accepted you while you were still sinning. Grace knew you and what your needs were before you ever had a clue that there was a God up in heaven. That God saw grace and He pursued you. You know what grace means for us as a church? If we want to be on point, be on mission this year, that means that I have to give grace because I've received grace. That means that grace is a church we are seeking and accepting and favoring the lost. 
know what that means? That person who doesn't deserve it in your life, that person who's backstabs you, or that person who isn't got it all together, who's offended you, that you're called to bless them unrelentlessly. That sounds like it hurts, doesn't it? I didn't get a bigger big amen on that one. That it says that those who can't give it back to you, those are the ones you're supposed to bless. Those that, that don't deserve it, those are the ones you're supposed to favor. Those people who can't give you money back, those are the, money, the people you give a handout to. Those people who, that's like that hitchhiker on this side of the road. You, people always say, well, if I give him money, he might go buy a beer with it. Give him the money. I don't care. Because your responsibility is to give grace. It's his responsibility of what to do with it. Just like it's my responsibility what to do with the grace that God has given me. I'm to freely give it away. And that means that this church is always an open-door church. I don't care if it's a homosexual. I don't care if it's a liberal Democrat. I don't care if it's an illegal alien. I don't care who it is and how many churches they've been a part of and how many family splits they have and how many hot checks they've written and how many stories they've told or what drugs they've done and how many times they've been in jail. They're welcome at Sanctuary Family Worship Center because of grace. Because who am I to judge anybody about the grace of God? Grace changes people. Grace transforms people. And it was the grace of God that sent Jesus Christ to die on the cross for me. Grace pursued me. Grace accepted me. And grace changed me. And I guarantee if we begin to act like a church like that, grace is going to begin to change. We've got to worry about their sin and all that stuff. That's going to take care of itself. When the Holy Spirit comes in our life, they're going to experience the grace of God. They're going to know Jesus Christ a little bit better because you've given them grace. And the Holy Spirit's going to warm their heart. It's going to melt all those walls of religion and pride and, and, and sin. It's going to come crumbling down because grace came through. Amen? Grace. Unmerited, undeserved favor that... We want to be a church that seeks and accepts any and all sinners and favors them undeservedly. Can we favor sinners undeservedly? That's a hard pill to swallow, isn't it? That's our challenge, church. That's our challenge. Grace. That means me and my family must be willing to favor people who don't deserve it. Yet me and my family at home we must enjoy showering blessings on people who won't appreciate it. Will you and your family make that pledge this year? That's what I'm going to do. Me and my house, that's what we're going to do. God, help me to bless people who aren't blessable. That's grace. That's who we are. That's sanctuary. Love. Grace, love, truth. Love. Love is a choice to sacrifice for the benefit of others. It was the love of God that sent Jesus Christ to us. It's a great and abiding and unfailing and everlasting love, Scripture says. It's been manifested towards us. John 3.16 says who are perishing. And when we see the death of Jesus Christ as the ultimate expression of His love, that Christ died for us while we were still sinning, and that He freely adopted us, Scripture says, as His children. He forgave our sin and He drew us to Himself. That's love. Jesus Christ didn't just say, Hey guys, I love you. I hope you get better. He came and He did something about it. Love is that when people come to our church that we sacrificially help meet their needs. Love is that me and my family adopt to say, God, I'm choosing, even though I don't feel it. Love's not an emotion or a feeling. Even though me and my family don't feel like doing something, we're going to do it because these people will be better for it. 
Love is not pacifying things or ignoring sin. Love is not... It's making sure someone is better off for it. Sometimes we have to address things in love because they're never going to get any better. So it's not just pacifying. Love takes decisive action to ensure the well-being of someone else. Love ensures that we are a people who are going to seek after those little girls who are getting lost in the sex trade in New Orleans because we support Donna Ingvall and Unashamed Love Ministries. Love ensures that we're going to take action for the poor in our community because the government has pushed them aside and are no longer helping them. That this church this year has given almost $10,000 to help the poor in this community. And we're not just a super large church. That's a pretty good chunk of our budget because we believe that it's helping the poor to make a decision in their life to help them learn how to handle their finances better, to equip them to handle their budgets better. We're in starting ministry teams, and we've got some ladies who volunteer, and we're looking for more who would say, I want to help engage people. I want to help get to know their needs, to experience what they're going through, and to love on them and to show them that I'm willing to sacrifice my time because they're valued in the eyes of God. It's pushing aside my timetables and my, my agendas to say, I'm making a decisive choice to be invested in the betterment of somebody else's life. I want to be a church that says that me and my family choose to sacrifice. We choose to demonstrate love in action to others and to do something that benefits others because Jesus Christ has first loved me. Jesus Christ first loved me. That's love. Lastly, is truth. Jesus Christ is truth. And we're called to be truth tellers. As this year progresses, I want to make a check in my life. Grace, love, and truth. Truth is the attribute of God. It, the Bible says that God keeps His Word forever and ever. And Jesus is God's Word made flesh full of grace and truth. John 1.14 tells us that He came to bring truth of God's good and perfect will towards us. He came to teach us the way of God in truth, Scripture says. And if we know the truth, Jesus says, the truth makes us free. Jesus is all about truth. And he even says in John 4 that we're called to worship Him in spirit and truth. So we are called to be truth tellers in this community. What does that look like for your family and my family? That means not only do I have to worship Jesus Christ as the only way, the truth, and the life to God the Father. There's no other way to heaven but through Him. Amen? You get amen on that one. He's the only way. It's all about Jesus. My life's got to be all about Jesus. This church is all about Jesus. It's not about a social club or an Elks Lodge or whatever. It's about Jesus. My life be all about Jesus. My life is not about my career. My life is not about my hobbies. My life is about Jesus. My marriage is not about what me and my wife can do to retire and drink sweet tea at the end of our life. My marriage is about Jesus. How can I show Jesus to my wife? How can my wife show Jesus to me? My relationship with my children is not about who can give them the most presents and be the best dad and the most fun. Can I outweigh my spouse or which grandparent is doing what? My relationship with my daughter is to say, I'm going to teach you Jesus. I want you to know Jesus. He's the truth. He's the way. My whole life is geared and and molded and shaped to be about Jesus. That's what it means, truth tellers, to be about Jesus. And not only that, I can't in one mouth. James says there should not be both blessing and cursing out of the same mouth. Church, it should not be. That's what he says. I can't be gossiping about you on one day and preaching Jesus on the next day. doesn't come out of the same way. Truth-tellers don't slander. Truth-tellers don't gossip. They don't lie. They don't cheat. They don't steal. Truth-tellers always speak the best that Jesus is going to do something in that person's life. 
We want to guard truth. Because who can trust us? How many churches have burnt people through their religiosity and they no longer attend church because hypocrisy ruled that church or that relationship or that life? They experienced, they didn't know truth. They didn't know that you could, it's okay to be broken. It's okay not to have it all together. Pastors aren't perfect. People aren't perfect. It doesn't work that way. We're all broken, messed up people. But the truth of God is that we're all messed up, but Jesus Christ died for us anyway. And even though I don't act like I always want to act, I still want to love you. Even though I may not always be there for you, even though I may fail you time and again, doesn't mean that I don't think that God can do something in our relationship, that God can restore it, that I believe the best in you because God does. And so I guard. I don't want to hear if people come and gossip to me or to you. We say, no, brother or sister, we're truth tellers. We tell the truth. We don't listen to slander. Go talk to that person. Bible says if you've got anything against your brother, leave it at the altar. Go talk to that person individually. If you can't do it, go get some elders of the church. We don't handle division. We, we shut down disunity because we're truth tellers. It's all about Jesus. It means that we must confront other believers directly. It means that I must forgive. And I must seek to repair my relationships. This year, will we ensure that we interact on these principles? Throughout every ministry and every encounter at our church, every community and in your homes, it doesn't just work on Sundays, church. You're the church when you're at home, eating your TV dinners, watching Jeopardy. I don't know if that's your life or not, but if it was, you have to be grace, love, truth at your kitchen table. You have to be grace, love, truth at the gas station. You're a Holy Spirit Hospital member when you're in Walmart. And we're here 24 hours a day, healing hearts, loving people, and living free. That's what we're about. Because you have a purpose greater than any purpose this world could ever give you. You have a purpose and a unique gift in Jesus Christ. And He's called you to be a part of this church and this family. And this church family is unique in this community. We have a unique gifting, we have a unique purpose. They all have their own purposes, and that's great. We want all the churches to be united in Jesus Christ. That's why we're one of the leaders in the Minister Alliance. We believe every church should be united together in one mission under Jesus Christ. We all have unique things in our churches that make us who we are. And we're called to reach people that no other church in this community is called to reach. We're called to do things in this community no other church is called to do. But it doesn't start because the pastor preached it. It doesn't come from the mouth of the preacher. It comes from the hands and the hearts of the people. This morning, I want us to pray today. How can we be a Holy Spirit hospital in our families at home? How can we heal hearts, love people, live free? And how can we always keep ourselves in check with grace, love, and truth? Would you pray with me this morning, Miss T? Would you come back? We want to own the vision today. I'm going to ask you to ask yourself today, am I a part of the vision, the mission, and values of my local church? How am I a part of God's unique purpose in this community? How am I following the Spirit towards completing God's global mission in my local church? And how am I reflecting the unique values of my church in the community? Today we are going to make a prayer together, just kind of a covenant together. We're going to commit to one another to follow God's Spirit to help complete this awesome redemptive mission
in grace, love, and truth to build a Holy Spirit hospital for the broken and poor in spirit, healing hearts, loving people, and living free. More than the mouth of the preacher, God, let it go to the hearts and the hands of the people. Father God, today, Lord, we just deliver your word, what I feel of your spirit for this church, for this community. God, that we'd be obedient to what your spirit is saying to each one of us, not just to what the preacher says, but God, but what you've put in each single person. I pray, God, a year of strategic and effective growth. God, I pray, Lord, for people to be the church outside of these four walls, to join together creatively. God, to begin to meet needs and gaps in our communities. Lord, where they're, where they're lost and the broken are. That we'd be known as a hospital for sinners. God, not about the doctors and the nurses, but a hospital being about those who are broken. That we'd be known because this is where people come to be made whole. Where people come to be made well. God, that we'd see life transformation occurring in every level of ministry. God, that we'd guard the unity in this church putting out division, putting out gossip, putting out slander, putting out negativity, thinking the best for one another, giving grace towards one another. Lord, just praising one another and building one another up in the holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, just like Jude 20 says. God, just to be full of the Holy Spirit and the joy of the Lord. God, that would just be the the foundation of this church, that we've received grace, we've received love, we've received truth, and we're going to give it away. May we keep one another accountable in Jesus' holy name. You're here today and you say, Pastor Heath, I am, I'm one of those broken people. I've just There's things in my life that just aren't where they should be. And I think things are falling apart all around me. My mind's falling apart. My heart, I feel it's just hard. And I'm ready for things to be made new. And just to experience the love of Jesus Christ, we want you to know we love you. We pray for you. We're so very glad you're here that God has something awesome in store for you. And we want to see God's very best worked out in your life as you walk with His Holy Spirit and fulfill what He's called you to do. That you have an identity in Jesus Christ. He's died for you. He loves you. There's nothing He hasn't done already prepared for you to be all that He's called you to be. You can walk in liberty today. You can walk in freedom today. There is good news that you don't have to be bound in sickness or disease of sin. You don't have to be bound in those thoughts any longer. You don't have to be bound with those unforgiveness any longer. But God can heal you completely. Mind, body, and soul. That's the good news we preach in this church. You are loved by God. You're here today and you say, Pastor, that's just for me. I just received that in Jesus' name. I just-